0: about publishing and writing, and to highlight independent bookstores. These friends discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place.
1: Hi, everybody. Hi. I'm Mary Kay Andrews. This is Friends in Fiction. We are so happy that you are
2: here. I'm Kristen Harmel. I'm Christy Woodson-Harvey.
1: I'm Patty Callahan-Henry. And I'm Mary Alice Monroe. And this is Friends and Fiction, five New York Times bestselling authors, endless stories, all to remind you to shop local when you can and keep supporting independently owned bookstores. Now we're going to go off script for a little bit because, you know, we love to celebrate and so we got something special to celebrate tonight. Miss June, otherwise known as Kristen Harnell, <laughs> <her mouth, laughs> charted on the New York Times bestseller list today. She's, she's charted C H A R T E D. She charted at number oh 9 with oh God, uh, The Book of Lost Names. And so we're going to all uh, raise a toast to Kristen, Hero, girl, again. <laughs> if you haven't, if you have oh not God. got your copy of the paperback of the Book of Lost Names, uh, what are you waiting for? Go get it <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. so, so that I can chart again. <laughs> That's right. So you can
1: keep charting, keep
3: charting
0: every week. Yes. Thank you. Oh, we're the worst. Okay. <laughs> okay. Also, some other good news. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Our friend Ellen hit number one. Yeah, on the Brand. So Yay, Ellen Hildebrand. Ellen Hildebrand. Yes, we're for, for her. Yes. We're very excited. So excited. Well, tonight, we are also very excited because we get to have a very good friend of all of ours, best-selling author, Susan Wiggs, whose latest book, The Lost and Found Bookshop, came out. To rave reviews last summer, and the paperback just released this week. There's nothing we love better than indie bookstores, so you know we love this book set in a quaint San Francisco bookshop. One of the questions that were central to the novel was if you had to do it all over again, what would you do, and who would you be? Mm-hmm. You can be sure we're going to ask Susan that very question.
4: But first, we want to thank our incredible partner, Mama Geraldine's, whose cheese straws and cookies we all love. With summertime here, it's so easy to pick up a package of Mama G's bodacious cheese straws or cookies, including the gluten-free ones, to pop into your beach bag or, if you're like me, into your tennis bag so you can grab a snack between sets. Remember, as always, you can get 20% off your order at MamaGeraldine's.com with the code FAB5.
2: And I think, Patty, you had a cool announcement to make, huh?
5: So this community has been growing like wildfire Mm -hmm. and we have had the most amazing year, but this week, y'all, because of you out there, we have just passed the 40,000 member mark Mm -hmm. and we want to celebrate with you because this has been the most incredible community and we feel like you're part... We're friends with you. You're friends with us, and mm-hmm. this is this is a community built out of a pandemic that turned into something much bigger and much better.
0: So, thank Best you. Best thing that happened to the pa- after the pandemic. Absolutely. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah how sure. how lucky are we? We're so grateful to all mm-hmm. of you out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what's great to toast good news with. Good wine, good wine—that is a match made in heaven for book lovers. So last week we officially kicked off the summer of Story Point on Friends mm-hmm. and Fiction with a surprise drop-in from our friend Ellen Hildebrand, who is celebrating the publication of her new book, which is now a number one New York Times bestseller. That certainly mm-hmm. deserves a sip. Of not wine, a coincidence
4: right? at all. And I, you know, I not I, a you coincidence. Know, not I'm
2: just saying. But mm-hmm. each week the after show will be called Sip and Stay with Story Point and will be sponsored. By StoryPoint Wines. You never know who will drop in. There might even be someone coming tonight. Make sure sure you stick around for the fun and the sips.
0: And in a bit, we'll also be telling you about our featured bookseller of the week, Liberty Bay Books, which is a special place to our guest Susan Wiggs. Liberty Bay Books, located in the beautiful town of Poolsbow, Washington, started out as Shotwell's bookstore, which sounds a little bit like charted Shotwell's Bookstore in (laughs) 1977 and was purchased by Suzanne Dropper in 1996. And then in February 2020, local children's author Susan Selfors purchased the store, continuing the line.
1: Um, We cannot wait to tell you about another book that's coming to bookstores, on July 6th, and that is again our own Miss June, otherwise known as Kristen <laughs> Harmel, mm-hmm. she will have the Forest of Vanishing Stars out, and um, we're going to let her tell you all about it.
2: I cannot believe, thank you, Kathy, I cannot believe we are less than four weeks from the launch. Oh, so gosh. tonight, tonight, I am really excited to share the trailer with you, Sean, yeah. would you yeah, like to be honored? Like- It was thrilling. Oh,
0: <laughs> absolutely thrilling. It's beautiful. Thank
2: you so much. So set in the Shiba. forests of Eastern, I know they did such a good job, right? Yeah, I, all the credit beautiful. goes to gallery books. That was amazing. <laughs> so set in the forests of Eastern Europe during World War II, The Forest of Vanishing Stars is the story of a woman who was kidnapped from her German parents and raised alone deep in the woods with almost no human contact. But when her kidnapper dies in 1942 and her life collides with that of a family of fleeing Jewish refugees, everything changes. It's based on the real life stories of Jewish refugees who fled into the forests and survived the war that way. Truly astonishing real-life tales of survival. And tonight, if you pre-order it from Liberty Bay Books, not only will you have my deep and endless gratitude, um, because every <laughs> pre-order really helps the book's trajectory, but you will also have one of these wish bracelets. Sean, do you have a picture of it? Um, if not, I've got one right here. They, um, Yes. There so, you go. They are made especially for Friends in Fiction, um, and they have the Little Star for the Forest of Vanishing Stars and the um, Friends in Fiction Blue String. I've got one on right now. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's one of those ones that like, you know, it's supposed to, you wear it until it falls off and then you get a wish, which I think is kind of nice. Um, so yeah, this is it. And uh, if you, pre, if you pre-order the book by Saturday from Liberty Bay, I will send it to you myself along with the signed book plate. So I hope you'll consider it. Thank you.
4: Love it. Love it love, <laughs> awesome. it. love it. I love mine. Okay. So now for our parade essay this week, Mary Kay wrote about a subject near and dear to all of our hearts and her heart beach book.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I thought the timing was pretty good. And my books, you know, are sold and thought of as beach books. And I'm proud of that, by the way. I wanted to share my thoughts about what makes a beach books and why I want to banish that phrase, guilty pleasure when it comes to books. And I also want to give folks some suggestions about where and how to choose your summer reads. So ladies, what's your idea of a perfect beach book?
4: You know, first of all, I loved the essay. I thought it was so great. It's so Um, good. And you touched on so many really interesting points. Um, I, when I think of Beach Reads, I really think of something that like just has a happy ending. And I know that's kind of, sometimes you don't know if it has a happy ending till the book is over. So that's (laughs) kind of hard, but um, I don't think I have a specific genre. And I actually, this is kind of weird, but I like save up my thrillers all year long because I always read oh. before I go to bed. And I don't like to read thrillers before bed because I get like so keyed up and then I can't sleep. So I save them for the summer and I read them on the beach. <laughs> That's awesome. I read right that. Idea. Yeah. I love that. For me, it's anything, anything that sweeps me away
5: that I can't put down and that is a kind of a ping or sensory memory or reminder of the hours and days that slipped away when I was a child with a pile of sand covered yeah, exactly. library books. That just feels like a summer read, no matter whether it's fiction, nonfiction, thriller. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. it, exactly. I couldn't agree with you more. And Mary Kay, I love what you said about, about abolishing that phrase, guilty pleasures. I mean. Who says that? We should never feel guilty about any reading we do, no matter what, if it's a rom-com or thriller Or nonfiction or nature book, magazines, whatever. Read on the beach or read on the porch on your, your, the rocking chair on your front porch or that little chair you put by the kiddie pool while you're watching the kids. Read, 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 read. Because summertime is the time we have time off. Summertime is vacation time. So read wherever you want. And that is not guilty. That's just
1: pure pleasure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I usually like something a little lighthearted in the summer for my beach reads, but summer's also the time I will binge read an author who is new to me. Like the summer I tore through every Eleanor Lipman novel I could find Mm -hmm. one after the other, like eating potato chips. I read, (laughs) um, my favorite of hers is The Family Man. It's so good. It's so funny. It's so wry and touching and sweet and really about forgiveness and redemption. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, yeah,
2: if, yeah. <laughs> For me, I think it's anything that keeps me absorbed in the story, but also lets me look up and take part in a conversation or take a dip in the water mm-hmm. or whatever. And then mm-hmm. return to exactly where I left mm-hmm. off without missing a beat. And mm-hmm. it's also that book that you're thinking about when you're not reading it. So you can engage yeah. in other things, but you know, but then you're excited to get back to it, like mm-hmm. like an escape, like you know, a beautiful part of your vacation. Yeah. Um so like last weekend we were visiting my in-laws at the beach and I flew, absolutely flew, through Lisa Barr's upcoming novel, mm-hmm. Woman on Fire. Mm. which was just it had I these, love her oh, oh my god she's so great but it was action-packed and fast-moving and had these absorbing characters it was just everything I wanted in that book that kept me riveted completely yeah.
1: um so you know this is all fine and good but I want to get to talk <laughs> to our guest Susan yeah. Wiggs my copy of *A Lost and Found Bookshop here it is. It's bristling. Oh, look at
2: that. With- I love it. Wow. I know. I don't
1: usually write in books, but I did this time. It's bristling with my post-it notes <laughs> uh, of paragraphs and book mentions, including a very special Ooh. post-it marking the Easter egg I found on page 185. And I know lots of you read it when it first came out in hardback last summer. And we we just couldn't get Susan on back then. But so we're glad to have her on now that it's out in. It, Paperback. So if you have questions for her, leave them in the comments.
2: I kind of have the feeling there's going to be a pop quiz or something looking at all those like post it. I'm, nice. I'm having like, like nervous school flashbacks. I don't ever do
1: that, but I did it with this book because it was about books, you know, no, and that awesome. touched me. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm so excited to talk to her about it. But let me tell you about Susan Wiggs. She's a number one New York Times bestseller and the author of more than 50 novels, wow. including the Lakeshore Chronicles series and the instant New York Times bestsellers, Family Tree and the Oysterville Sewing Circle. Mm-hmm.
5: Susan lives at the water's edge, which sounds like a book title.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, um, the who,
5: who would think of
2: that?
4: End.
5: The water's edge, the water's <laughs> end. Anyway, <laughs> oh, she oh, lives so. at the water's edge on, the, on an island in the Puget Sound. If you follow her on Instagram, you can catch the breathtaking photos she takes of the sunset and the water. Look at that. Beautiful. Golly. And in good weather, she commutes to her writer's group in a 21-foot boat. She is also a grandmother to a precious little girl named Clara. And my daughter and son-in-law moved to a little island on the Puget Sound two days ago. So when she gets here, maybe we'll set up a play date with Bridget and Clara and take them to a
4: bookshop. I love that. Um, A graduate of Harvard, Susan Wiggs is a former teacher who describes herself as an avid hiker, an amateur photographer, a good skier and a terrible golfer. I I am also a terrible golfer who says her favorite form of exercise is curling up with a good butt. She's our lady. Yeah, she probably has a lot of agreement right now with that one.
1: <laughs> so let's bring Susan on.
6: Hey, Susan. Hello, Susan.
1: Thank
0: you for having me. We finally got you on, you busy girl. Oh my gosh.
7: <laughs> I love that your intro was so flattering. I was I you made me sound way more important than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that. Never. Never. <laughs> no.
1: We are so glad to finally get you on, and we would love for you to tell everybody about. I don't know, the elevator pitch for the lost and found bookshop.
7: God. It's a book about books. It is that, um, light, that alternate life that, that you live when you fantasize about, you know, what would my, what would my life look like if I was, you know, if I were to actually go for something like that. And so mm-hmm. I think every writer I know kind of dreams about being a bookseller. And so I, created this fantasy bookstore, but it's really grounded in um, some things about my life. Um, oh, this is supposed to be elevator pitch, and I'm like rambling on. Yeah. Anyway, it's <laughs> grounded with uh, um, some real life challenges that I have in my life and and um, in terms of caregiving of an elderly person. And But it's also filled with everything that I love about books and writing in bookstores. And so um, I think you mentioned in the, in the intro, there were some Easter eggs, uh, all throughout that. Um, most of the books that I reference, um, in the Lost and Found bookshop are actual books that I've, I've read and loved. There are a couple of made up ones, which you probably, as fellow authors, you probably recognize those as well. But anyway, thank you so much for having me. I, I love this setup. I love your group. I love all of your books, um. And the first time, I, I was thinking about the first time that I met Mary Kay, and um, we were on a panel or something, and she was dressed so well. I couldn't I, I stop looking at her outfit. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she God, was dressed like her, Kay, she was her dress like her book cover. No, she was dressed like her book cover. I think it was the Weekenders, and every single color that was on the, the cover was the hardcover. Um, you had wow. on your outfit, your jewelry, and your top, and it was just so <laughs> yummy. And I thought, God, I want to be her.
6: <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's awesome! Anyway, yeah, I I love am, the book, all and I've loved your books. Yeah, ever I think since, that a lot. So.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, we are looking forward to asking you lots of questions and we will. But to all of the viewers out there, remember to put your questions for Susan in the comments and we'll be pulling a few to ask you later in the show. So, of course, I've got to ask, what prompted you to write a book about a bookstore?
7: It was one of those uh, moments. Um where I I knew some things about the story, but I didn't have quite the challenge that I wanted for the main character. And at the same time I was um I was trying to I was trying to I, I love people who face the middle of their life. Well, she's not the middle of her life. She's in her thirties um, who realize they're on the wrong path. And they're like, yeah. Oops, mm-hmm. I got to make a change here. And mm-hmm. she doesn't realize it. she's one of those clueless ones who needs, you know, kind of a, a kick in the pants in order to put yeah. her on a different path. And so in the beginning of the book, she's sort of this buttoned down corporate um, um, person, very, Discipline very, and she has a kind of free spirited mom who (laughs) we learn early on in the book. Um, you know, we don't get to really meet mom in person, (laughs) but anyway, Natalie uh comes to realize that the thing that she wants to do is the thing that she's most afraid of, but she tackles it anyway, and that's becoming um the Proprietress of an independent bookshop in old San Francisco in a historic old building that has a whole history of its own. So,
5: mm, that's amazing. So, I have to tell you, Susan, that the ladies here have a nickname for me, and it's Peach because of PCH. <laughs> no. And you have a Peach. So yeah. you have made me into a man okay. and a handyman <laughs> in that. <laughs> a, sexy yes,
7: handyman. a man with a ponytail and a tool belt.
1: A, yeah. a, <laughs> so, a, <laughs> a hired yeah. hammer. I love that. A <laughs> hammer. <laughs> the hired hammer. A hired hammer. I just
5: loved it. I was like, oh wow, that's awesome. So when the book opens, your protagonist Natalie Harper is toiling away, as you mentioned, she's doing corporate things. But I love that she's at a wine distributorship Mm -hmm. in Sonoma Valley. And she's very good at, of all things, inventory control, (laughs) which is a job (laughs) she has come to hate. But she clings to it because, I mean, inventory control literally sounds like a a job I'd quit in an hour. And so
3: (laughs) she clings to it because it offers
5: the one thing she craves or thinks she craves which is predictability, security, and a good paycheck, mm-hmm. benefits, you know, the, the little check yeah. boxes we have. Mm-hmm. I think so many people can relate to that. Yeah. And I'm really curious if you are ever in a situation like that.
7: I, I never was because my in my former life, I was a teacher. And um, te- actually, teachers have stability and predictability, um, they don't have a salary <laughs> the yeah. most, among the most yeah. underpaid people, yeah. right. you know, that I can think or of. What and so, do. right, right. Exactly. And so the only thing that's like even more pauperish than a teacher is probably an aspiring writer. So I was both of those, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I really, I wanted her in Archangel which is a made up town mm-hmm. from another book so that was kind of a little easter egg for, for readers of the other books yeah. but I, I wanted her to have um, you know ties to California but in the wrong role and I, I was like you I was like what's the most um, you know dreadful thing that I can think of and it's inventory control I know
5: right job. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crushing. So, did right. you? How did you get the courage to take the leap from teacher to writer? Because even though it didn't have the salary, it had the security. I mean, yeah. it
7: did. Yeah, it, absolutely. And the health care. And my daughter was little. <laughs> um, yep. It was. Um, I had a couple of books um, back in the in the nineties that that kind of moved me into um, being. Just, you know, a, a hopeful writer to an actual earning writer with probably, probably a future. You know, none of us ever have, you know, the ultimate yeah. stability of, of a whole corporate structure behind us. But, you know, there were some signs, you know, I um, hired a really awesome literary agent. We're still together. Meg Rooley or anything. Oh, wait, course? we're agent sisters. I Oh, okay. Know. Well, oh, see, Meg good does good. that. Where she's like a Mormon husband, where she, you always when yeah. you're with her, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you think you're the only one. <laughs> oh my God, that is such a great, that's, that's a great way to put it. she doesn't tell you
0: nothing. Yeah, Hattie, you're gonna have
1: to call I'll up read. Meg and say, "Wait, you have other clients? What? Exactly, exactly. I'm finishing up right, right now.
7: now. I know." So she yes. is. She's, a, she's a, a polygamist. She can't help it. She's <laughs> But she's also That's incredible. Cool. But so it, we don't but, but care. But we don't in, care. Yeah, but as you know, in, in, in the publishing world, when you know that you have um, a team and you have mm-hmm. the right associates around you mm-hmm. who are going to help you you know, accomplish your, your goals and your dreams, then yep. it's still a leap of faith. Because you still live from book to book and contract to contract. But I, I felt like I, I was able to do that. So I off I went. And so I, I, I published my first book in 1987. Oh my, uh, oh, my goodness. I know. I know. I was so
4: old. That's <laughs> still a long I mean, when you consider 50 books, yeah. oh my goodness. I was gonna, that's exactly what I was going to say. Working. It's still <laughs> not that long to have written fifty books. No, so that's no, because I was published
0: eighty. Was it that? No, no, you were published before me, but I'm a piker compared to you. <laughs>
2: that's funny. Well, I, I see. I see. Ron Block is saying in the comments, hashtag Author wives, which I love. <laughs> 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 that's
6: serious. Oh, it's yes.
2: oh,
5: good. Wives. Oh, okay, why? I steal that title. I claim that title. <laughs> <I
2: know. laughs> so so I like Susan, that. Susan, you said in our Friends in Fiction newsletter this week that when you were a kid, you fell in love with Shakespeare and Company, the English language bookstore in Paris, because you and your mm-hmm. family lived nearby. I had no idea that you used to live oh, in yeah, Paris. I didn't either. I I also lived in Paris in the 7th, and I was on the same block as the American Library in Paris, which you might know. Um, And one of my good friends in Paris, when I was living there, worked at Café Le Petit Pont, which was on the same block as Shakespeare and Company. So um, I was there all the time too. So for me, living in Paris, though my time there was brief, it really shaped me as a writer. Um, And I think it was partially because there's such a wonderful literary tradition in that city. Mm -hmm. And the French culture just kind of inspires us to stop and smell the roses to slow down and appreciate the details. Do you think, as was the case with me, do you think that your time in Paris, even though you were there when you were young, shaped you in some way into the way you write today or into the writer you've become?
7: 100%. Yeah, 100%. That it, It's... <sighs> You know, I always knew that I would write. I always knew from, you know, before I could even read, before I could barely talk, you know, I would scribble things and tell my mother, write this down. And I would battle out a story. And, you know, God love her. She would write down the story. Wow. And um, so, live and I, she's, saved them so I still have these little scribbles and stories that I told her when I was three years old so I always knew and and there was an upstairs room in Shakespeare and Company where I would take my, my, my journal my teenage angsty journal and and I would just write away and I think that um when you find a place that feels like that to you um it it helps you develop your voice and your voice is always changing as a writer but there are some things that are just a through line you know that you started writing when you were in seventh grade and you know you're still thinking about these things yeah. and i think there was there's a book that everybody should read readers and writers called on writing by stephen King. oh yeah. oh my god um, Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah there's a there's a page there my favorite page in the book is where he talks about a writer always returns to the same like three or four themes again and again and again right. in yeah, different true. ways throughout, you know, the, your storytelling mm-hmm. life. And I, I remember um, just being such a dreamer and being in that bookshop. So yeah. Um, yeah, if you it should be on everybody's bucket list, definitely every reader's bucket list. And every time I go to Paris, I go there.
6: Oh, the bins and certain
7: front. things about it that never have changed. I've <laughs> I <there's> keep waiting.
0: <laughs> I keep waiting for you know. I go through the bins and I keep looking and I just keep waiting. One book. I just want to see one of my books in there. <laughs> just one. <laughs> yeah. well Speaking of books, I want to go back to the Lost and Found Bookshop. Can I just say I really love the cover? It's really beautiful. I always mm-hmm. did from the hardcover. Now did the they just chest. nail
7: that cover? Yeah, they oh, did. They oh, did. Uh,
0: I they did. It's just, yeah. Yeah, really great. And I'm glad you kept it for the paperback. You know, sometimes they change it. So anyway, in this wonderful book, um, Natalie the heroines, her world just explodes when her mother and then her boyfriend are killed in this horrible plane crash. Mm -hmm. And this is and Blythe is the owner of the Lost and Found bookstore, which means now Natalie has to assume ownership. And this is a failing financially debt-ridden business. And then later her beloved grandfather dies. And so the phrase that we all know, which is uh, a writing phrase called kill your darlings. And that's when we like to up the stakes. So I'm curious, you killed a lot of darlings in this book. (laughs) And And so I'm, did you, is this part of your plot or did you always know that Natalie needed an impetus? to step out of her old life. And I think I know what you're going to say because you touched on it a little bit. But talk about Killing Your Darlings in the, in this book.
7: I think that um, drama comes from people facing their worst fears and their mm-hmm. worst yeah. situations that they can think of. And so, um, and I always had yeah. a really strong, powerful relationship with my mother and I have a strong relationship with my daughter. And so, um I those were our soft place to fall. But when that's taken away, then what do you do? And so mm-hmm. I, I wanted that everything stripped away from Natalie right in the beginning so that she almost had no choice. And mm-hmm. I set it up so that she couldn't, I mean, her first thought was, I got to dump this bookstore, you know, I've got my job, I'm an inventory control expert, you know, why would I ever, you know, take the risk of being a bookseller? But um, the the truth is, and most booksellers that I talked to as I was writing the book said, Mm -hmm. um, booksellers, uh, bookshops can be really vibrant, and they can be profitable, they mostly Mm -hmm. always are if they're well run. And if they don't have like a flaky owner and, you know, are poorly managed, but a a well-managed independent bookstore makes it it is a profit making business. It is. Mm -hmm. And so I I wanted her to have to take, you know, have to sort out in the aftermath of this, you know, horrible way that her mother leaves her. Um, my the, Her darling mother, she was a darling and sort of rebuild her life around, around the bookstore and around her grandfather, who's dealing with dementia and some other health issues at, yeah. that come clear later in the book. And so I felt like she was too insulated by supportive people so I took all her as she took them all the way, way. <laughs> yeah yeah you know and that's kind of what we do when we move from being um you know a teacher to a writer I was <laughs> I've always been a single yeah. income family and so um I never had a patron of the arts I never had a you know and so uh, it, it it raises the stakes, I think, yeah, and for it, sure. it to see you know kind for of sure. amped up the drama in that book.
0: And I just have to say, it also is an inspiration for people who are considering opening or keeping a, their independent bookstore alive in their community. You know, it works. Oh, I love that the more the merrier. Exactly. Yeah.
1: You know, speaking of Blythe, you know, when you start the book, I think, oh, another airhead mom, irresponsible. <laughs> And then I think you do such a beautiful job of um, unfolding her character. And, you know, I started thinking, why could I not have met Blythe Harper? I would especially like to thumb through the books on her (laughs) words of wonder shelf at the bookstore. Now, when you read the book, you will see that um, Blythe, who, uh, um, Natalie's mom, who owns the bookstore and has run it for many years, she has a shelf called Her Words of Wonder, and it has books that she returns to um, for, you know, deep thoughts. So (laughs) I wondered if you would name some of those books on the Words of Wonder shelf and um, whether they were books that you have personally turned to over the years, because it was a kind of an eclectic mixture
7: really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it was um it it's a it's a shelf that i would definitely have if i had a bookstore um because i'm a well i, I read a lot of ebooks now and 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 so i can't do it but i'm such a um I mark them. I don't mark them up, but I put tabs in my books, and you know, I want to remember things that I read, and particularly meaningful passages. And so, yeah, you know, there's we all have those books that are just kind of part of our blood and bone, and mm. and so I fantasized about you know what what would be on the shelf, and for me, it would be everything from the carrot seed. Which is the first book that I ever read on my own by Ruth oh, Krauss? I, think. I don't yeah. know that. <laughs> I can, you know, yeah, a boy planted a carrot seed, and everybody said it wouldn't come up. but anyway, everything from that <laughs> all the way to um, God, I don't know Eckert Tolly books and everything. You had uh, the Once and, and Future
1: nonfiction. King. You you um had the Once oh, and yeah. Future King. And I love that. You could tell. I, I mean, I don't usually mark up books. And the once in future king, he says, the best thing for being sad, replied Merlin, beginning to puff and blow, is to learn something. That is the only thing that never fails. I love that.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> that's a
7: great line. Yeah. line. Um, and, and there's a, yeah, they have a, there's a motto in the book you're never alone when you're reading a book. And I always, you know, I turn to books when I'm sad and when I'm happy Uh and when I'm lonely. And and they're always there for me. And um, when I was little, I used to picture and I I kind of shaded this in in the story. I used to picture that the books were alive even when they were like facing out on the shelf.
0: And the pages mm. were closed and everything. I would sort of picture, what are they doing in there? And ah, oh, you know, oh, that's that. great <laughs>
4: imagination.
7: That's a great book. <laughs> I love that.
4: Well, um, let's talk a little bit about this central question in the Lost and Found Bookshop, which is, if you had to do it over again, what would you do, and who would you be? So, can you tell us a little bit about what inspired that central question, and then also? If you Answered. had to do it over again, what would you do and who would you be?
7: Yeah. Um, He's like, Uh-oh. I love that. I love that the drama of somebody having to having to face um, this this question in the middle of your life. And I don't I can't specifically remember personally ever coming to that moment like, oh, my God, I'm on the wrong path. But I. Um, If you were given that, it's it's not really an opportunity. It's like an obligation for for Natalie. Um, But she does get to remake her life. And one of the things, um, it's funny that I start out talking about clothes and Mary Mary Kay's outfit. Um, But um, I, I was very conscious as I wrote Natalie's journey. Um, who she was in the beginning versus who she was in the end, because in the beginning, she's very buttoned down. She's corporate. There's a very terrible wine mishap on her white silk blouse. And, um, you know, her fellow co-workers aren't very nice about it. And, and Um, she kind of evolved her as her character evolves so does her wardrobe you know she finds herself trying on her mother's clothes because she's trying on new identities and then in the end when she's really kind of found the essence of herself um, the way that she feels in her body and feels in her clothes and everything it was it was a real key so Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you know, readers all would clue in on that, but I, I was very conscious of it, and I'm not sure why. I'm, yeah, I'm not a it. huge clothes exactly. person, but I think that they do say something about the way you feel about yourself.
1: I love this transformation. I love the scene where she's going to the gala mm-hmm. at the museum, and uh, the bookstore. The bookstore clerks were great characters, by the way. Cleo and what was the guy's mm-hmm. name? Oh, uh, Bertie, Cl- Bertie and Bertie and Birdie, I know yeah. I do that too. Bertie and Cleo um, and Cleo's, you know, makes her wear this gorgeous Chinese um, silk. I don't know the name of the dress, but it's long and it has the embroidery and it's turquoise and it's flashy. All the things that Natalie isn't. And I thought, wow, this is like a butterfly, you know, coming out of the chrysalis to me.
4: Hmm. Okay, but Susan, yeah, if you had to do some, it over again, oh, sorry.
7: <laughs> if I had yeah, to do put, it over personally, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Put her on the hot spot, seat, Christy. Oh yeah, I'll just the I'm a, yeah. I I probably would have divorced my first husband sooner. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Not I probably my first <laughs> agent sooner. <laughs> that is <a> scary. <laughs> awesome. But you know what? Um, being able to to right is such a blessing. I can't yeah. imagine that I would do anything differently. Um, I don't even I wouldn't switch genres. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't unmake the mistakes that I made because everything takes you to where you're going. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if I could get very yeah. philosophical on yeah, it. Yeah, no. Everything really yeah, sort of you know, everything you encounter on your journey um, is put there for you to work through. And so I, you know, would I like a smoother path through my life? Wouldn't we all, but I don't know that I would reinvent um, a lot of, th- or make different choices. I know. Sure and I think that even be able to do that.
0: I completely agree because I think you, it's a joy of re- reaching a certain age and, and both in your personal life, but also in your career, when you can say, um, I see how all the decisions I made were a series of connecting the dots to bring me to where I am. When you're in it and living it and you're young, you don't necessarily see it. But at this point, we can look back a little bit.
1: All right, ladies, uh, you know, I'm going to break with the script again and ask you one sentence. Everybody, what would if you I love that question that Susan asked, if you had to do it over again, what would you do and who would you be? Christy? Hmm.
4: Um, gosh, don't start with me. Um, I don't know. I mean, I actually was sitting here thinking that I think I'm really lucky because I sort of had one of those moments where someone in my life, I was working in a very different field and someone said to me, if you could do anything, what would you do? And I said, I really want to write a book. And, um, you know, I think I'm so invested and where I am now. And I feel like it's really where I'm supposed to be. And that doesn't mean that, you know, right here is going to be the exact thing that I'm doing for the rest of my life. But I really kind of feel like I'm at the right place in my life. And, um, and I agree with Mary Alice that you can look back and see all those little dots. And there's some things that I can think about right now that felt like the world was ending. And if they had not happened, My life would be vastly different and much, much worse, I think. Yeah. 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 Patty, where are you? Oh, sorry.
0: Well, I I think I answered, I definitely would be a writer. But if I was not allowed, that was the rule. You can't be the same thing. I'd be an opera singer. Ooh. (laughs) Okay, Peach.
5: So let me get out my tool belt. I would have been a handyman with a hammer. Hand- no, <laughs> you hammer <laughs> I think. Um. I you know I I was a lot of things before I was a writer. So I I, I feel like, uh, like Christy, I had a moment where I asked my five-year-old daughter, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And she said, "A writer of books." And I said, "No, that's what I want to be." And like the character in the book, Susan, I was about to hit. I was uh, approaching my 30s, and I was like, w- w- "What am I waiting for?" And so, I think I did ask that question, and I did shift. And um, that doesn't mean, like Christy said, that other shifts won't happen. But yeah, I, I'm 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 right where I want to be right now, right here.
4: Yeah, and I mean, Kristen. we we've talked about it many times on the show. So, like, we know I'm writing a song with James Taylor. Like, that's coming <laughs> for me shortly. Right. <laughs> I mean, I still you know, write books. So I don't so imagine so that hard. taking that long. But. but what if you? Okay, but
0: here's the thing: what if you can't come back as a writer? What would you do? Mm. Oh wow! But
1: well, you can't well, change the rules, rules like that, Mary Alice. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't <laughs> change the <any> rules. <laughs> we all love you mean, being we a, a to get
3: through.
2: Maybe <laughs> <laughs> after show we talk about oh that. Okay, say, so what about you? Um, you know what? I, I would be a person who worried less about the future, and I think you know I'm I'm, I'm 42 now, and that is a lesson that I don't I don't think Gas. I've entire how I know, but no, I, I I um I I don't think it's a lesson I've fully learned yet. But I remember even just a decade ago, you know, I I didn't get married till I was um, almost 35. I didn't have Noah till I was almost 37. Um, and I spent a lot yeah. of those early years thinking that those things I wanted out of life were never going to happen for me. I, I worked a lot of years as a writer before I really had, you know, much success at all. And and I think, um, I, I think as Mary Alice said, you can look back and kind of connect the dots now. But I, I wish I had worried less about it um, in the past. And that's a commitment I will make going forward to, to try to just trust the journey and, and trust that even if it doesn't turn out exactly right, it, you'll, you'll get where you, where you need to go in the you end. exactly you
0: know? yeah. wise. Mm,
2: yeah. Uh,
1: you, know, um, I, you know, I you know I thought I wanted to be a newspaper reporter, and I was for a long time. And then newspapers change, and I felt like I had the rug pulled out from under me. And I think it's a gift. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. gift in 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 Susan's book, *The Lost and Found Bookshop*, when um, Natalie has everything stripped away from her. Yep, it's all a burning, literally a burning plane wreck. And that only then does she mm-hmm. um, eventually discover that she's where she, that the next place is where she wants to be. She yeah. literally is shoved off a cliff. And I think, yeah. um, I think for me, metaphorically, when newspapers changed and, and I hated it and yeah. and then I was like, thank God I was left with no other choice. I yeah. knew I had to write. And I, and I, so I had to tunnel out, but anyway, gosh, we got so many great
0: we do. audience we do. questions. We do. Let's, we do. let's go right That's, to that. guys. Um,
4: yeah. Perfect. Okay. Who's asking well, the let's, first? Wait, let me, can I ask one more really quick before we get to that? Just
1: no. Well,
4: <laughs> I, I'm, um, you know, but you, Susan, you thanked a lot of the bo- a lot of booksellers and your acknowledgements. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what Liberty Bay Books, our bookstore tonight, means to you?
7: Sorry about that. Can you ask that again? I just, oh. my my internet just sort
4: of. Oh, yes. I was just saying, can you tell you. us why you chose Liberty, Liberty Bay Books tonight and what that store means to you?
7: Thank you for asking. I would love to tell you because um, I love the owner of Liberty Bay Books. Um, her name is Suzanne Selfers, and she is a um, children's author whom I've known as a writer for years, um, many years. And and she um, took she bought a bookstore in a little, very adorable little seafaring town called Poulsbo, Washington, um, and she opened, she had her grand opening in, wait for it, February, 2020. (laughs) (laughs) And so not only did she have the challenge of founding her new enterprise, her new bookshop, but she also um, got shut down probably about a month later. And so I know that first year was amazing um, for Suzanne and her staff to kind of get through. And so I have a lot of love for Suzanne and for her bookshop. She made it over. It's a charming place and, and um, with the nicest staff you could imagine. And so I, I, it was a no-brainer for me to say, oh, that's the one for Friends in Fiction.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm excited to okay, gonna- the live questions. Yeah. yeah we're going to pull some live questions. Who is pulling Christy? Me.
4: I am. Me. 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 me.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, We have so many questions for you, Susan. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, I like this one a lot. So Alexis wants to know, do you know the title of your book before you write it or do you wait until it's almost finished?
1: That's a good question. Mm-hmm.
7: Could you hear me? Um, I know the okay. title that I want the book to have. Oh, good answer. I very often have, yes. yeah. Um, and publishers have a sneaky way of having meetings about your titles and, and oh, we've already got a similar title or we don't like the sound of that or it's not going to lend itself to a good cover. And so mm-hmm. um, I, yeah. I always have a title in mind, but it well, I almost always, there, there was, there've been a book or two where I couldn't come up with anything, but with the lost and found bookshop, um, it just felt like such a good fit. Um, Thematically with the book. So, uh, and luckily it was, um, it appealed to my publisher as well. So, that one I did know. The Oysterville Sewing Circle, I did know. Other ones, um, there's much discussion, and um, very often the title that I want never makes it into the book. Um, In in the Lost and Found Bookshop, Natalie is reading um, a book that her mother had left on the bedside table. Booksellers get a lot of um, advanced reading copies of books and um so that they can you know preview yeah. what's com- what's coming and she's reading a book called acts of light and that was actually my title for a book that was published as map of the heart and oh, so i had to recycle that cool title that i really liked yeah i did oh, too i thought it was a great title but it didn't it didn't resonate with people at my publisher and so i had to change it to map of the heart which is okay but i didn't love it like it's you know, oh, I thought that I was really a really cool time. Yeah, so, yet another Easter egg. Yeah, no, okay. Have. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other Easter egg is the author signing with the lady named Quill Ransom. She was oh, a very, yeah. you know, um, her, her books were were beloved by readers, and she has that disastrous book signing.
1: Oh my and god! It was like every, yeah. I was having an anxiety attack when I was in, reading that in
7: real life. I kind of visited them on. <laughs> did you have like PTSD or something? You're like oh, yeah, I did. nobody comes, and you've you got all dressed up, and you've bought the, the you put the candy dish out, and your sign up sheet, and your uh-huh. uh-huh. and nobody comes. You like the cookies. <laughs> we all. I, I tell I tell booksellers. I tell booksellers people stay away in droves. Well, yes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Patty, you've got a question. Some authors right? have that X factor. They they, they kind of, you know, they draw readers to them like the pilgrims to Lourdes. But I am not that writer. I'm My, my readers are all home reading books and wondering where my next book is. So um, like, like yeah, book, book signings can be very, um, very humbling. <laughs> yes, yes. For all of us. And for
5: all of us. Yeah. So. Speaking of Map of the Heart, this is so synchronistic. One of the live questions we have is from a woman named Carrie Soderman. And she said, I love Map of the Heart.
0: So did, did I. You, <laughs>
5: did you enjoy writing historical fiction and will you write another
0: one? Uh-oh.
5: Could you hear the question?
7: I'm looking for Susan. Carrie Soderman's question because I...
5: No, no, I'm telling it. she I asked she said, I'm so
7: sorry. She didn't yeah, hear I the question.
5: I'll Just it repeat again, it. Yeah. Susan. I will. Um, <clears> she <throat> said, I loved Map of the Heart. Did you ever... Did you enjoy writing historical fiction, and will you write another one?
7: Are you having trouble uh, hearing Yes, then. And yes. And, okay. Um, that's, uh, no, I, I can hear it now. Yeah. So... Um, Map of the Heart was probably the most enjoyable research and writing trip I ever made because we, uh. Jerry and I had a, rental car and we drove through France for like five weeks. And it was amazing. And um I loved every minute of it. And I tried to, you know, pour all that into the book. So yes, absolutely. I would love to do another one. And in fact I'm kind of noodling with an idea where I um earlier in my career I wrote a lot of historical romance novels. And so and I'm, re, I'm listening to the audio books of those that were just re-recorded in audio um, because I'm thinking of doing a contemporary um, that, is, that connects to those historical romances. So I'm just oh, idea! with that. But That's I do. I idea. love that. Yeah. Well, we'll see. All ideas are great until I start writing them down, and then they suck. (laughs) Yeah, we know. know Oh yes, but that's the
0: journey. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. Every week, Susan, one of our very favorite parts of the show is receiving a writing tip from our guests, and so we would love to hear a writing tip from an author who is a three-times winning, Rita Award-winning author who has written rom-coms, romances, historicals, and contemporary fiction. So what writing tip do you have to share with us?
7: Um, I think just if I have to narrow it down to one, it would be let your natural voice come through. Hmm. And what I mean by that is don't try to write like you think you're supposed to sound on the page don't try to write like um you know don't don't fuss about is it correct is it grammatical or anything like that put your heart on paper whatever that looks like and you know Mm -hmm. worry about the mechanics later but i think people get so hamstrung and they get you know almost like stage fright i don't I can't write this, I don't have enough education, or I don't know where I'm going, or I don't know what to, you know, those kind of things. But if you let your natural voice come through and write about things that are, you know, come from deep inside you, that's where to start. That that could, you know, okay. hopefully get you going for at least 17 pages, and then you'll think, well... What was I thinking? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, yeah, as being a financial that's where I <laughs> I should do well, inventory I, control. I, I was thinking You're about control. the question, <laughs> and, um, yeah, exactly. No, no, I was thinking about the question because one of the one of uh, one workshop that I've done a couple of different times is how to write a love letter. And it's for anybody, not just it's not a writing workshop. Oh my goodness! It's one, yeah, yeah. It's one hour, and everybody, uh, you know, anybody can come in. and And I was giving it in in Cannon Beach, Oregon, beautiful little town, at this lovely seaside um, conference room or something like that. And anybody could come, and it was free. And um, I kind of walk them through the steps and, and, you know, ask the questions and things like that. And there was this giant like lumberjack looking guy way in the back of the room. And he had his car hearts on and his plaid shirt and everything. And he just broke down and started crying. (laughs) And he said, this is so good. I didn't know I could write. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And it was because I kept telling them, don't worry about, you know, how it, how it looks on the, the page, or how you think sound. it's supposed to sound, just, yeah, put your heart on yes, paper. So. Yeah, oh, awesome. I want right.
0: I'd love to take that course. What a beautiful idea, how to write a love letter. That's a great
1: it's title some, of a
0: book. Yeah, no yeah.
1: kidding. Go okay, write it. You know, Come we on. are running really close to time. So Susan, okay. one moment, stick <laughs> around. We're going to ask one more question of you because well, well, it's yeah, one of our favorites. We're not going to kick you out just yet, but Patty wants to tell us about needs to tell us about the podcast. Well, first we want to remind all of you out there to check out our
5: podcasts. We'll mm-hmm. always post links under announcements each time a new one comes out. It is so much fun, y'all. We are having so much fun with all these new interviews. And not only do we post the audio of our live web shows like this one, but we have all this original debut content every Friday morning. And as we told you last week, superstar librarian Ron Block, who we all know and love, is now the is now the captain Yay.
6: of our podcast Yay.
5: ship. Because forever and ever, we are going to talk about ship metaphors. His first <laughs> podcast with us under the Friends and Fiction Writers Block banner debuts this week on June 11th with are Christy Woodson Harvey, Wade Rouse, and Alyssa Friedland. In case you're like a lot of us, so and you're having a little trouble finding your podcast, what? I said it was, so it, was like, it was so fun. It was so fun. It was so fun. I already listened to it. It was really, really good. Y'all can't. Y'all are going to want to click on it right when it downloads on Friday. But in case you're like a lot of us, and you're unsure to ha- how to find the Friends in Fiction podcast, here is a short video made by our superstar managing director that she says, (laughs) cringe alert, but here we go.
7: (laughs) On your iPhone, tap the purple podcast icon. Tap search and enter friends and fiction in the search bar. Choose friends and fiction. Tap the purple subscribe button. Scroll through the available episodes and tap one to listen. Enjoy.
0: Welcome to Yay!
4: Meg, that's our Meg. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. And don't forget, if you have not yet, to join the Friends in Fiction official Book Club hosted by our friends Lisa Harrison and Brenda Gardner. It is yet another way to stay connected to this great community. Right now, our book club is reading Mary Kay's brand new bestseller, The Newcomer, which they'll be discussing on June 21st with Mary Kay. And next up is Mary Alice's The Summer of Lost and Found. So, this is your chance to hang out with the authors and ask them all your questions um, while also, you know, getting to hang out more with your friends and fiction friends.
2: And really, you guys, what is a book club without <laughs> snacks? I ask you. It's the eternal question. So, of course, you will want to bring along Mama G's while you talk about the newcomer. As always, you can get 20% off orders on their website, MamaGeraldines.com, with the code FAB5.
5: And speaking of snacks and the things that go with them, don't forget your story point wine and our fun summer of story points. Stick around after the credits roll for our and stay story point after show where we might yeah no we definitely have a pop-in surprise
4: for you and next week join us right here at 7 p.m for a very special night as we launch mary alice's first middle grade book written with angela may Mary Alice's Mm -hmm. special guest will be famed naturalist and award-winning best-selling author, Cy Montgomery, the author of The Soul of an Octopus and The Good, Good Pig. And if you're ever wondering about our schedule, it's always on the Friends in Fiction website, as well as the sidebar of events on our Friends in Fiction Facebook page.
2: All right, now back to Susan for one last question, which is one of our favorites. Susan, you talked a little bit about your experience with Shakespeare and Company, but can you tell us a little bit about the values around reading and writing in your childhood and your childhood home and how they shaped you as the writer you grew into?
0: I think she's having computer
7: difficulty. Hey, Susan. Yeah, I am. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I think we're back. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to... Uh, uh, if people will put their questions that they still have on your on your Facebook page, I, I'd be happy to go and um, oh, answer great. them there.
6: Oh, thank, thank you. Susan. That's so
7: sweet. No problem.
2: Yeah. Perfect. I'm Susan. one of your
7: 40,000.
2: thousand. You're Well, fantastic, Susan, could you just tell us quickly what the influences around reading and writing in your childhood were aside from Shakespeare and Company?
7: My mom and my dad both. Um, we, we were a reading family. My mom actually had a book club before there were even book clubs. They didn't, they didn't call them oh, book cool. clubs, you know, back in the sixties yeah. and seventies. They, you know, but they would they would all show up with books and swap books. And we did live overseas, we mentioned earlier, and so um, she would get together with the other American wives and um, and swap English language books and everything and. We just always were a whole reading family. It was part of our culture, I guess. And, you know, it was always surprising to me that um, that other families didn't have that, you know, not all other families. But, and then I also had that teacher that I wish every kid would have in the third grade. Um, oh, I don't know I if they her. still do this, but it used to be in the third grade, you would graduate from, from like, manuscript printing to cursive writing. And that was like a big deal for me. And I had a third grade teacher named Mrs. Green, Marge Green, and she um had that perfect Palmer method writing. And and I told and and I was always a precocious reader, probably we all were. I was always reading ahead. And so she said and I told her, I said, I'm gonna be a book writer. And she said, well if you're gonna be a book writer, you should write a book. And she sat me down and she gave me all the tools. And by God, I wrote a book in her third grade class. And I still have wow, it. Awesome.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, you I have it. it. No, that's I do. It's right. called
7: A Book About Some Bad Kids.
0: Wow. I that's wrote incredible. and
7: illustrated it. Staple it together. Yeah, and, yeah. Of course. Know, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, the stapler. With the lines. So those, those okay, were I
7: probably look my look earliest that. influences that I can think of. It's so I great to still have so yours.
5: Great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that story. So everybody out there, since we're talking about bookshops and stories, we want to encourage you to grab Susan's book, The Lost and Found Bookshop, which came out in paperback yesterday. There it is. Don't forget to visit the Liberty Bay Bookshop page to order Susan's book and all the Fab Five books, including pre-ordering Kristen's upcoming The Forest of Vanishing Stars and Mary Alice's The Alice the Isle- Islander. <laughs> Susan, thank you so much for being with us Susan, tonight. thank you for thank being here. Thank, thank, thank you, you. Thank you. So
7: You're awesome. Oh, you guys, thank, thank you. you. This was such a pleasure. I, I, I love this hour. This was my favorite hour of the day. So thank you so oh, much. thank and you. And good luck so with the podcast. I, I just subscribed on my phone. So hey, I thought hey, yeah, you, you were good on that. Yeah. Thank you, Meg.
3: Well, we'll talk to you on the podcast okay too, I hope.
7: Yes, Y'all don't leave yet okay. we Y'all to take say. care and thank you again Bye. Bye. Same Bye. Bye Bye
0: for now Bye. We say goodbye to Susan but y'all don't leave yet We've got lots to, a lot to say Doing our sip and stay with Story Point After Show And come back next week same time same place Because it's the launch of my Middle grade novel The Islanders And I've invited my co-author Angela May and Cy Montgomery But now for the Get your wine ready Story
1: point one. <sighs> oh, hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Oh you oh have an important part of the after show. Where did she
4: go? Oh, so oh. like Samantha does.
5: Exactly. I'm going to <laughs> on mute for a second.
1: There we go. Yay, there we CD. are. Isn't that fun? There's oh, our right. banner. So everybody, pretty. welcome to our... it's hard to say that many s's in a row it is is. and stay with story point Point after show Ah. and as we mentioned earlier we're happy 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 to be partnering with story point wines as the official sponsor of our after show All summer long,
4: it will be the summer of StoryPoint here on Friends in Fiction. And I would also like to remind you, as Meg said, you came up with the name, Mary Kay.
1: (laughs) You know, I love an alliteration. I know, it's my fault that it's. You just say <laughs> with Story Point. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you have to say it. That's the rule. <laughs> Maybe no
0: smiles.
2: <laughs> exactly. So, Story Point, as you know, comes in three varietals Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and Cabernet. I like all three, but what I really like is what they stand for a love of stories and storytelling. Mm.
4: Oh, yeah.
5: As they say it's Story Point, many great stories and ideas unfold over a shared bottle of wine. So who knows better than that, than all of you and us here at Friends and Fiction.
0: So every and Wednesday so- night, throughout June, July and August, we hope you'll stick around for the Friends and Fiction after show to sip and stay with StoryPoint.
4: Wait a second. And
1: since we're, it was oh, since, wait, 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 oh, no, 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 wait no, not yet. No. Oh, okay. Let me cue you first. Okay. <laughs> I
2: don't know why putting me in oh, charge. No, of the surprise. She okay, literally so. said she did Are... not
1: want to be in charge of the sound effects. She said ah, She did say <laughs> she did say that. Okay, so because we're about alliteration here, we want to talk about sip and stay story point surprises.
5: <laughs> <laughs> okay, now. Okay. Someone's the what door. Wait, what's that? It's someone at yeah. it? the door. Who is it? Who is it?
6: It's
4: okay, so I I see your
3: head. Say hi, oh, hey.
6: Paula. Hi. Hi, Paula.
3: Hi. hi, Paula. Hi, Paula. Hey, Paula. How are you? This is fun. Yeah, we're like so excited here. to see you.
5: But it, <laughs> so. Paula, meet all the ladies. I think you know everyone. Some of whom I you know, know Mary Alice. <laughs> oh, hi, Paula
3: I'm with Kristen Mary Alice, hi. I remember dancing in a nightgown in crazy Texas.
0: <sighs> I had the best costume right that night. Mm-hmm. And Christy was <laughs> a princess. Yeah, she still
3: is. She still is. Still is. Yeah. And have I mean, you ever I'm met just... Mary Kay? I've never met Mary Kay. I'm, I'm the a same fan, pleasure.
1: though. Absolutely. The is the pleasure is all mine. And yeah. so um, I, I hesitate to say that we could have a story point surprise, <laughs> fifth-day plumber Yes! <laughs> plumber party! Yes! <laughs> yes! Plumber party! Oh,
5: Lord. So uh, before we move on, I want to tell everyone out there that Paula is going to be with us on the show on
6: July oh,
5: wow. 17th. 14th?
3: Meg will correct me. Get it straight. Get it straight. Uh, I think it's July 14th. July 14th. I could be making that up. And we are going to be talking about her
5: fabulous, amazing New York Times bestseller, When the Stars Go Dark.
1: I can't wait to ask her how she decided to write, go totally, totally. Yep. um, Crossed over to the dark. (laughs) Yeah, that thing. That, yeah. thing went
5: that thing that we are in California right now, and um, which is where the book takes place and where yeah. you did your research. Yeah.
3: yeah, not far. And I'm a California native, so it's really great to be back vibing with all the good energy. Yeah. And we're here cooking and hiking and writing and, and writing and brainstorming and, and resetting and wonderful. restoring and yeah. There might sounds be a blowout. Wonderful. There might be
5: <laughs> wasn't tonight. We can blow out today.
4: I got a blowout today. I got I got a beach hair, so that works, right? But your always <laughs> your hair blurry. always looks like you're your ready for a magazine.
3: Opposite. Yeah. Opposite of a blowout. I just had
1: an idea that you guys should do something called Ohi from O Hi. <laughs> okay, oh, oh hi! Oh, oh, hi, yeah, from oh, Hi from Ohio. Oh hey, from Ohio. But Paula, yeah. I'm you know, sorry. This is
4: this is like back to a minute ago. But you really have. I mean, you've written a lot of genres because you started out in memoir, right? I started out actually in poetry. In poetry. poetry. Oh, I didn't oh, know poetry. that. Okay. I have a memoir about
3: growing up in foster care, um, and then I have a first novel. Which is contemporary, and then that's when I had the idea for the Paris ride So then three historicals, and mm-hmm. then I blew the roof off <laughs> the thriller. I don't want to waste our July 15th show. So yeah, we have to no. say no. it, no. something. It's right. It's oh. not yeah. the first time I've gone. Through. Maybe I. <laughs> maybe, went rogue. maybe that's my theme maybe that's your thing <laughs> maybe i'm like madonna and i just reinvent myself every go. decade i uh, like i think you know, just you like, really have to do that to you know you just go rogue yeah well i think we do have we to have to we have to um say yes to opportunities that invite us Mm -hmm. You know, to change and to grow. And when inspiration comes, that is terrifying. We still have to say yes, because it's a threshold. And if we have the grit and the courage to cross the threshold, then we'll be taken to a new place and creatively. And as women, we have to continue to grow or else what are we doing here?
0: hundred percent. Yeah.
1: I, you know, when I read your New York times piece, um, yeah. uh, Paula wrote an amazing uh, essay. Was it modern it love? Modern it was modern love. Yeah. Right. Thank you. And, uh, it was so brave and so, um, yeah. uh, poignant and, and all the things. And then I can see how as a writer, I can kind of see how you, you were there and then you went. Yeah. yeah.
3: There is a and that piece, you know, I think one of the reasons why I wrote it is because I needed to for myself to connect the dots.
6: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
3: I do think Joan Didion has a line something like it's good to stay on nodding terms with our former selves. Ooh, I, like I do that. think that our former selves, again, if we look back with open eyes and um are willing to really look closely, I think we can learn a lot from the past yeah. and pull yeah. it forward. And we so I to. wanted to go back through and see the ways my childhood trauma yeah. um was affecting my current everything and really every relationship, every romantic relationship I've ever had. Yeah. Um and obviously it feeds into my work too, the trauma in this book When the Stars Go Dark is all about, you know, how, how trauma shapes us and then how we can free ourselves from yeah. right, the patterns of the past, the shackles of early experiences to um to
1: rescue ourselves, right? How, that, yeah. where,
3: Come in. How is it possible? And how can we resolve the wounds of the past? About
1: that. Yeah, I wish we had been able to get into that with Susan because she alluded mm-hmm. to it a little bit. Yeah. Um, when she Susan was talking about Susan loves. Wiggs. Oh, I wish I had been with yeah. well, Susan at to to the
3: grocery store. Somebody has to go to and get kombucha for my friends. <laughs>
0: Well, I just I think Susan really touched on that beautifully about how we can look back and, and you know how she had to make choices and she made different choices right. and how it all led to the author she is today. And God knows she's written so many different books. She wrote um, romance, she wrote historical romances, right. and, and she wrote um, women's fiction. And God only knows, I like, no one's going to hold her back. But it's yeah. again that deciding to keep. Keep the flow going and writing much. feel you. Want yeah,
1: I loved how she kind of um, mined her own experience. Yes. And mm-hmm. she didn't talk a lot about that, but I would love to have heard about it mm-hmm. talking about, you know, some kind of loss in her life. And mm-hmm. um, I know her mom is still living. She talks about her mom and her social media. So, um, you know, maybe we should lighten it up a little. What do you think, right? girls? <laughs> yeah, we're go
5: back to celebrating that Kristen is number nine on the New York Times Yeah,
6: yes. that's a good thing to celebrate. <laughs> this is your story point, ladies. Let's have your story, story
1: point. point line for that. Yes. Okay. So, Cheers. if you were going to ever own a bookstore, your own bookstore, oh. what if you've ever fantasized about that? Mm-hmm. What would mm-hmm. what would be what would your bookstore be, and what would what would it be called? Even do you know? Oh gosh, <laughs> no,
2: Christy knows. Christy knows. Christy, Christy knows. Christy knows.
1: <laughs> What's your bookstore called,
4: Christy? So my bookstore would actually be Jesus. on a boat that stays docked <laughs> all the time, which is kind yeah. of what you've read. My book feels Love like it. falling. You kind of get the idea of this. Yeah. Um, anybody out there? And it would be called sequel but it would be spelled like s-e-a-u-e-l-l oh, oh my god
3: loving. genius when are you
4: going to open the store you've Stay obviously tuned. given it as soon as i can talk will into letting me he's like because you don't have enough to do
1: that's a no, really good idea say, yeah, that's let's right. see if you can In just
4: work go completely crazy yeah
1: okay if only you didn't have to raise a child and write books nah. Yeah. So this
3: should be a way to include Airstream trailers in a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that yes. idea. I like They were sort of gutted and there would be like reading nooks mm-hmm. in the little curved spaces. I like I
1: that. Like it. a book yeah. like a books. cool like a cool bookmobile, what with cocktails? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. I love, I love it. It. like when you when you did the
0: wine tastings in California, only it's mm-hmm. maybe wine and a book. How is that? But it would be I like, like um,
4: What's the place in Florida It's Seaside that has all the airstreams? Oh, oh, is there one? Yeah. oh I don't know. There's yeah. one in Palm Springs,
3: too, that there are like hotels uh, or rooms for a hotel, and they're in a circle around the pool, which is not oh, a terrible wow. idea because who doesn't like yeah. to read by the pool?
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. And Great and idea. it be done by genre, right? It could be current fiction, backlist fiction.
4: <laughs> I like that. I was going to say.
5: You and, and Christy are so actually real.
4: on a roll
5: here. There
2: you
4: go. So, what are we going to? What are you going to call it, Paul? I said, so what are we going to call it? Like I think the name
6: sequel. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Okay. will right right. um, do mine
4: get get on a sailboat. I'll do mine on a sailboat and call it best. Sailor, and you can call your <laughs> oh my sequel.
2: I love oh There you go. Oh
4: my gosh, this is so creative.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, we went to a bookstore today that is an outdoor it's an bookstore. Entirely outdoor. Entirely outdoor. Books. Books.
3: And it was some. Wow. I mean. What if you, it rains? I was yeah, just going to say, I'm yeah. just, my whole mind is I happen. said, what, Do you guys have awnings
5: you put down? Or he said, No, we have like covers on most of the books, and it doesn't rain sideways here. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, but it still goes down. It's a
3: very dry That's climate. It's a, a very really dry get climate. A lot of rain. So the yeah.
5: used books are on the kind of outdoorsy part, and the brand new books are a little bit more protected. They had That's like wow. Yeah, it
2: was That's an outdoor book. Cool. I don't know.
3: That's beautiful. And then and then on the end caps, it was all succulents. Yep. Oh my gosh. Oh, that how cool. cool. I took pictures oh, and
6: videos, right. so I'll post so on my social really media beautiful. if you guys beautiful. want to
4: see them. Yeah. Really beautiful. Thank you. That would with yeah. best sailor getting the inspired.
1: I can't just there, there Chris. if it should be a bookstore called Sequel or a protein drink called mm.
2: Sequel. <laughs> S-E-Q-U-L.
1: <laughs> oh, See, because, nice. millenni- because millennials don't really, <laughs> they don't care. S-E-Q-U-L.
4: Mm-hmm. I, like that. Yeah, I mean, I, someone told me recently that I am actually an elder millennial, which was nice. Like it's nice to be called an elder Anything, especially in a talk that you're giving, which is nice. So, um, but you know, yeah, I mean, I like that. I pro it could, it could be both. Like I could sell the protein shakes it could be a new kombucha. I'm also a big kombucha fan. So Patty, if you have any suggestions, I'm on it.
7: I'll think
5: of, it'll probably preoccupy me for the rest of the
1: night. No. What are you going to call your bookstore?
2: I have absolutely no idea. I can't beat any of that. So I just, I'm, I'm out. I, I yeah, I admit to
0: I, I'm going to visit Miss your June. bookstores, girls. I'll come visit.
2: <laughs> Miss, <laughs> so it could be Miss, Miss June books. Yeah, that is true. I I could. Yeah. I, I really haven't That's done cool. enough with my status as a centerfold. So you're right.
3: You yeah, haven't. Thank wow. Miss June. Through. You. It's a whole I new I was world. thinking
4: the forest of book stars. Go, <laughs> I think exactly. becomes, oh,
1: it's
6: not She's as good, good
1: as sales. Um, sailor, whatever. Best seller. Uh, best seller. <laughs> yeah, best seller is great. Yeah. I was going to call mine just beach books, and it would only sell um books that you would want to read at mm. the beach. Oh, and wow. maybe, yeah, maybe I'll just like. You know, since we're fantasizing, I'll just like move it from Beach Town to Beach Town. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. I like in, it, you know. in the little um.
1: Mm-hmm. It can be like start a in the out. south. Yeah, I start in the in the deep south when summer comes. You know, basically in February. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: Florida, you know, <laughs> just Florida rolling. <laughs>
2: too
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: but
3: True. I
1: like, like this sailor. I'm really pissed off, Christy, <laughs> that you. That well, idea. There
4: will be some opportunities to franchise if you would like to we can talk about it after this. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is this why you're we, all- that's why you're
3: our CFO. You're always thinking. Yeah. I do like though when I run across somebody who's on the beach reading something that's not beachy, you know, like yeah. a big biography of Lincoln or something. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, yeah. Average yeah. Spirit. Mm-hmm. And you should have some
3: outliers
2: mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. your beach. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Mobile mm-hmm.
1: or whatever. And yeah, maybe I you agree. could have like a shelf of uh irreverent options. There you go.
4: Like oh, I like this. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How
3: high mind here? We've thought about the most perfect bookstores
0: ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no, all well, we have to do is start opening them, right? No, oh, we, we have our to spare time.
5: time. We gotta keep writing them. Okay. I know our evening needs draw to the close. Oh
3: my god, girls, no she one de- goes-
0: please do not DM <laughs> say- the Oh my God. DM please. <laughs>
1: understand- <laughs> understand- <laughs> it's not <laughs> happening, guys. It's not <laughs> happening. That's <laughs> hilarious. Christy, um, do you want to talk about how we're trying to boost story points? Um yes, I do. So
4: um, we are really close, you guys, to a thousand Instagram followers for Story Point. So, y'all go follow them on Instagram. Here, look. I'll, um, while can you Patty's talking, I'll pull it up. Okay.
5: So you know what would be fun if you could also snap some selfies with a glass or bottle of Story Points, and then you can tag them and tag friends in fiction, and we will put it in our stories. Mm, we will
4: and so if you we want to will. follow them they're at story the point thing. lines can you see it yeah it, uh, yeah on story yeah. Story yeah. instagram they're yes. 955 followers really really close we're almost so. there. and yes. that means a lot
0: you y'all know how grateful we are that you support mm-hmm. us so we're almost at a thousand we can do this mm-hmm.
1: yeah. yes and so you know that's it for us tonight you guys see you next week it's a big week for us because we're going to launch Mary Alice's middle grade book, I'm The Islanders.
3: There it,
1: is. Yay. There it is yeah. We're going to and launch Paula, how nice
3: to see you! It's what a really nice surprise Well, thank you. I thought that was a super
1: fun yeah. little interlude. Yeah. And yeah, what are you cooking? Really what are you? Are you cooking kombucha for dinner? Do you fry <laughs> that?
5: is
6: <or? laughs> <laughs>
3: an amazing
1: cook. Amazing. Oh, Do you like filet
3: at first? I'm making we're making street tacos tonight yeah. with mango and cilantro and pickled red onions and, I've had, and, and, uh, and uh roasted peppers and, and chicken. And chi- and oh my gosh. Ooh, what time are you serving?
5: Feta melted cheese, oh, feta cream and filet oh, and, oh, and oh, filet of, co- mm-hmm. of kombucha.
6: <laughs> play a
5: a because Kathy's up on the kombucha thing,
3: she's
6: yeah. I totally.
3: I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good good so we're already at nine eighty one. Yeah,
2: in in real time, we're at nine eighty one on Story Point, you guys. Good, let's, okay. let's do this. Let's um, do um, no, more
1: this. Good night, everybody. everybody Bye. Bye. Bye
0: Thank you for tuning in. Join us every week on Facebook or YouTube, where our live show airs every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And please, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram. We're so glad you're here.
7: Produced by Audovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.